Well, if I keep praying, I won't be able to preach. I'm going to lose my voice, so I'm going to start preaching. It's already turning into a sermon there, so let's just get right into his word. Amen. We'll just continue that spirit right there from worship into this message. Thank God he is with us, isn't he? He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never fails us. And he is leading us. Amen. I've been praying this week a lot. I said, Lord, uh, this is for myself personally, but I want to say this for us as a church and for your own lives. I don't need to be anybody or anything other than who I'm supposed to be and who you've called me to be, right? Each and every one of us in this room, you are who God called you to be, and that's it. That's all that you need to be. You don't need to achieve what someone else says you need to achieve. You don't need to try to be somebody else. You don't need to try to do something other than what God is directing you to do. Amen. And that's been my prayer this week. And I felt compelled to talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, although I'm going to come from it probably from a different angle than you would expect. Uh, so I just want to get into this. So many times I'm sitting down and I'm typing really, really fast and I'm trying to put it, you know, get some thoughts out, get a sermon out. And I've so many times it happened, it actually caught my attention. I go to type the Holy Spirit, H-O-L-Y, and my autocorrect or my typing comes out, hokey spirit, <clears throat> hokey spirit. And the word hokey means phony or false, contrived, silly or corny, like the hokey pokey. And even though it's a simple typing error, it always catches my attention because I always attribute it to the devil. Even if I did it, doesn't matter. I always see it as him trying to minimize the power of the Holy Spirit and trying to make him something silly. It's not a coincidence that it autocorrects to you know, such an opposite of who he is. He is not the hokey spirit, is he? He is the Holy Spirit. He is not silly. He's not contrived. He's not corny. He is real. He's alive. Amen. You could call this semantics or splitting hairs. But if God is truly a Godhead, if there is truly a Trinity, and I believe there is, people are going to argue about everything. I'm tired of the arguing about every single little thing. Let's just use some, you ready? I'm going to speak to the children here. Let's see if you guys can figure this out. You ready? God the Father. Jesus called his Father the Father. We know there's at least two. It's at least two forms of God. That's not hard to figure out. Come on, this is children's church. And the Holy Spirit descended into him. Okay, not hard to figure out. So, anyway, just thought I should say that. And uh, that's just the devil. Just tries to create arguments for everything. And, and I believe the reason he did that is to take the power away of... If we were going to separate him into three parts, like the word says he is. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And at the same time, he also says, the Father's in me, and I'm in him. And then he's attributing the Holy Spirit to being in him. So they are one, but they also, also are many parts. And we're going to look today on how, if you really want to be splitting hairs, on which of the three of the Godhead lives in the earth, it is not Jesus, it is not the Father, but it is the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that Jesus is not in your heart? I'm not, right? Listen, we could, 
When you pray and you say God, God knows who you're talking to. All right? God equals all of them. But technically, the Holy Spirit, who is the least talked about, the least activated of the Godhead, is the one that came inside your heart. That's according to the word. We're going to look at that today. Amen. Who's excited already? Over the last two millennium, a few reactions have developed when bringing the Holy Spirit into our faith. All right? This is what happens. One, they say this. He's, he's not involved personally or as a person of the Godhead anymore. He's been absorbed into the Word. The Holy Spirit became the Word of God. And there are scriptures to support that he uses the Word. That's a fact. Um, and God has given us a tremendous gift in the Word. But the Holy Spirit is not a person. He's just something that I feel when I read the Word. The second reaction to the Holy Spirit throughout the two millennium is that he's an idea. Or he was real once, but he's not that important to talk about or involve him. We have our programs, we have our formats, and they work fine without the Holy Spirit, right? We do lots of churchy things, and we still seem to get people saved without involving the Holy Spirit. He's a little too hard to figure out. We're going to just leave him over there. It's not important. And this usually leads to removing more and more of what Christian even is, even removing, they'll start removing even Jesus, and then finally we'll just remove the Word. And, uh, and it just becomes more of Bible study topics, right? And Sundays are just about getting, feeling good, and being happy, and being the best you, and being the best self. That's where that goes. You start trying to remove part of God, where it goes. You remove the Holy Spirit, because he's inconvenient, hard to figure out. I don't want to let somebody else leave my service. Before you know it, Jesus is gone, the Word is gone, and we've just got a social group. Who has seen that? Amen? And then third, the third thing that's happened when we bring up the Holy Spirit, and it's done more harm than good, is he has been turned into the hokey spirit. The spirit that makes people do weird things and odd manifestations, silliness, strangeness. And because of the first two groups, uh, they see this, and then they feel justified and then we just don't want to talk about him or, you know, we're just going to see him in the pages and uh, we're just going to read the Bible and preach the Bible because otherwise it gets weird. And you see that what the devil has done is he's brought these divisions and tried to create these factions of the Holy Spirit to basically just, he ends up being, let's just not, let's just not touch that, it's too hard to touch, right? Who has seen it? And the reality is this. In contrast to these three groups, the Holy Spirit is very real. He is very real, and he is a person. He is not an idea. He is not a concept. And you know what? Sometimes he is strange. But it's actually not him. It's us. We are weird. We are strange. The Holy Spirit is God. So if somebody's going to be strange, who is it? It's just us not understanding him, all right? But he is very much involved in our lives. He is within the scriptures, but he's also, you ready? He is not trapped in a book. The Holy Spirit is speaking all the time. He's giving us dreams. He's giving us visions. In fact, Isaiah 11 says that he gives us wisdom and understanding and knowledge and counsel and strength and even leads us to the fear of the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's leading us. He's directing us. He wants to be involved in this thing we do each week, gathering together on a Sunday morning. He's the one who nudged you to come when it wasn't convenient. He's the one who's speaking between the lines into your heart's directory, directly. 
And sometimes the things people get out of a sermon after I speak can only be the Holy Spirit, because I don't know how you came up with your revelation. I didn't say it. It must have been the Holy Spirit. And I just that just proves that he is uh, not just in a book, and he's not just in words, but that he's doing something that is beyond what we even understand. Amen. He takes the words, he takes the word, and then he speaks to your heart in your situation, in your life personally, and uh, special for you. Amen. And I want to get into uh, a few concepts today. I could um, spend a long, long time really just digging apart a tremendous revelation that the Word has given us in this topic, but I just want to um, touch just a few things today. Amen. Who's ready for some more? That was not an intro. That was the sermon. We're already we're in this thing, but I want to go a little bit deeper. Amen. So I want to say this. The Holy Spirit, you cannot live on your own. We just need to come to this revelation, even if it seems like that's ABCs, one, two, three of Christianity, right? It's so basic. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know that. I can't do it on my own. I know that I've heard that. I believe it. But we need to get this concept so deep, so ingrained in us that you are powerless without his power. And by doing that, it activates his power. In fact, Paul said, I actually love getting to the place, if you put it into 2022 language of weakness, because what I've realized is when I get to that place, that's where I really activate strength that's beyond me. Amen? And so let's just... Uh, title this little section of our sermon, The Holy Spirit Helps Us in Our Weaknesses. And your body, it will decay. Your body will pass on. But your spirit connected to the Holy Spirit will live forever. Amen? Uh, forever is not after death. I prayed this during, our, during uh, worship. We need to get this concept, and I'm going to get into this. You were dead. Say, I was dead. You do not die. You were dead. I want you to say this out loud because I don't know if you believe me. Maybe your mind needs to hear it. Your spirit knows it. Say, I will not die. You're not going to die. Your body does something that looks like death when it goes in the ground, but that is not death, is it? Who believes that God formed you in your mother's womb? That's what our word says. Now, modern uh, science and modern society, and this is, see, you can actually see the devil's fingerprints on everything. Same way he brings division in church. Do you know why he's attacking the baby in the womb so much? Because if he can get you to think that you were not you until you breathed oxygen in the earth, right? It gets rid of what I'm about to approach today. You were you before you entered the earth. And the reason that is such a foundational concept that we must know within us is because you are you even when your body is not in the earth. You were you before, and you will be you after. Amen. You weren't in the earth, but you were you. How can I possibly 
I want to be gruesome, but we have some children in here. You're going to use your own imagination. But what they do is just beyond. I don't know how a doctor can go home and sleep that night. And he shouldn't be called a doctor. He should be called a murderer. How he can do something with scissors and then go home like it was whatever. But just tomorrow, that baby could be born. Which means, come on, who in here, let's just talk to children, believes it was the same person yesterday as it is today. But they weren't breathing oxygen with their own lungs in the air, were they? But were they them? Were you you before you were born? And I believe that's why the devil has really attacked this concept so much. It's because you are you when you're not in the earth. Come on, let's get this. And what it does is, see, if all we, th all we can think is what we can see and know and feel, and if he can get you there, he's got you on an earthly mindset and in worldliness. Worldliness is not just thinking about sin. Worldliness is being worldly focused. This is it. I need to achieve. I need to do. I need to be because what else is there, right? The world says, what else is there? Remember when Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, it was not God's heart. I don't like when people, quote, eat, drink, and be happy. That was not God. That was Solomon. Solomon had a thousand wives, probably shouldn't listen to him. Okay? It's hard enough to handle one. <laughs> That's not life. Life is us and God as one. We are living in a body for a season, but that is not you. You will not die. Your body will go back into the ground, this temporary shell you are in, and your eternal shell will be given to you. Your spirit will be mated with it, forever and ever. Amen. That's the word of God. This is not my own concept. This is not new age. This is not like higher education Christianity. This is basic Christianity right here, 101. The book of Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I want to breeze through. You start reading Romans 1, and it's like, man, what do I cut out? I mean, Romans 8. I just wanted to read the whole entire chapter, but for sake of time, I really can't. But I'm like trying to just pull a couple of concepts here and I just keep going, well, this is good and this is good and this is good. As a preacher, you have to decide for sake of time what I can bring into the sermon so I don't get, you know, go too many rabbit trails or too deep too quickly. Uh, but I'm reading it and I'm just overwhelmed. So I want to encourage you when you get home sometime this week, open up Romans 8 and just read it. There's so much life in it. And we're going to read a few verses here. Romans 8 verse 1 says... There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I'm going to read pretty fast because I want to get through it. Um, and because you belong to him, say, I belong to him. And it says because, right? So he's going, to say, he's going to tell us something else. Because I belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit. Everybody say, the life-giving spirit, right? Who is this? This is not the spirit, a spirit, just any spirit. Come on, there's a lot of spirits floating around right now. Be a lot of spirits tomorrow. This is the Holy Spirit has freed us from the power of sin that leads to death. Amen. That's the gospel. I want you to hear this again. Who belong to Christ Jesus? It's the Holy Spirit that freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You did not mind over matter, sin, 
and you never will. You cannot conquer sin. You cannot conquer your mind. You must rely on the Holy Spirit to help you do it. I know it sounds so basic. It sounds so easy. You're like, okay, easy to say, hard to do. But remember, when you came to Christ, you got on your knees, you put your hands up, you bowed your head, you cried, whatever you did, you did something very humble. You broke down and you said, I can't do it. Why would we think that suddenly we have the strength and the ability to do it? You don't. You gave your life to him. He said, you're right, you can't. I'm going to help you. Now, when you show strength, you must realize that you are showing what the Holy Spirit has done in you. I remember, I remember, and so do all of you, that when you've truly handed your life over, you don't try to talk better. You just do. You just don't talk the way you did before. Amen? Do you have to try to not swear? If you're trying, you probably haven't surrendered. If you're still trying in an area, you haven't surrendered. You don't need to try. You just need to surrender. There was a season in my life, and I'm just asking the Lord. See, when the Lord's dealing with you, it's not just sin. The Lord's looking for obedience and submission. We think of, you know, being obedient as just not sinning. That's like, that's like, that's baby stuff. You know, Paul, when he's like, I'm doing what I don't want to do and do what I, he's not sinning. He wasn't like, oh, I keep struggling with pornography. That's not what Paul was talking about. He's like, you know, my flesh just wants to do what it wants to do. It just wants to be its own. It's not sin. But it is sin. It's not sin like the way you're thinking. You get what I'm saying? It's just not submitted. And we need to come into that place of obedience and submission. And there was a season in my life where I'm trying to figure out, actually, it was right before we started this church, 2015. I didn't even know I was depressed. I didn't even know why. And it was because the Lord wanted more from Don and I. I didn't know it was going to be to have a church. But I'm in this season where I was just like, I don't know what's inside me. I don't even know that there's something wrong. But, but it was something off. And I finally, I remember... Uh, I just had enough of whatever this was in me, and I just said, Lord, what do you want from me? That's what came out of me. I knew it was the Lord somehow in this moment. I said, what do you want from me? And he spoke to me so clearly. He said, I just want you to be a good man. And something broke that day. It was amazing. It was the most incredible thing. And you know, all it is is that I submitted to him, and I acknowledged, Lord, what do you want for me? And he gave me a commission. I just want you to be a good man. And it was only like a month later that we even started talking about opening, you know, starting something here, doing something, and, and then this is where we are today. And this is the reality. It's the power of the life-giving spirit that has freed us. It is the Holy Spirit that needs to lead us you cannot do anything. You cannot be anything. And I, I was going to get into, sorry, there was a little bit more to that story. That's why I was bringing it up. In that season, this was amazing. That's what I was trying to say about trying. I'm in that season, and I don't know that I'm depressed. 
but I'm driving my car super early morning. I was going to meet my brother-in-law to hunt, so it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm crossing over Connecticut State Line, so my radio starts going out, as it would. And I'm like, I want to listen to something, stay awake, and I turn the radio on, and a secular song comes on, and it's a song that I didn't know, but that goes, you don't have to try, try, try. Try, try, try. You just have to get up, get up, get up. And I was like, wow, that was a really sweet song. I don't know if it's Christian or not, but I like it. The song comes off. Another song comes on. I hit skip. The same song started playing on a different station. The song started from further back and played all the way through. I said, Lord, if I do it a third time, then you are definitely speaking to me today. And before God is my witness, I hit seek and a third station with the same song played from the beginning. And the chorus was, you don't have to try, try, try. Try, try, try. You just have to get up, get up, get up. We just have to seek him and call on him. He will do all the work. He will do all the rest. Sometimes when we're struggling, it's because we're trying and we're trying and we're trying and we're not surrendering. We need to go to the windowsill like I did. I can still remember I grabbed the corners of my windowsill and I looked up front at the church right in front of my house. That was the moment. What do you want from me? And that was it. The Lord commissions us. Amen. I don't know. I didn't plan on bringing any of that. That's not in my notes. I told you I was going to get through Romans really quickly here. But it's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? That's the whole thing we're doing here, that he wants to be involved in this, in this, what we're doing. It's not just sitting down and writing sermons. It's funny, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I'll just set Wednesday aside. That'll be my sermon day. Friday, that'll be my sermon day. Saturday night, that'll be as if I'm just, like, doing a research report. The Holy Spirit is speaking, amen, and we need to let him do that in our lives. It says, the law of Moses, it goes on in verse 3, it was unable to do it. And you know what it, he says? So he says, so Jesus did it. He says, the law couldn't do it, so Jesus did it. You know what the point here is? As we get into, you go into it, it says, you cannot follow rules and think you're going to do it. You cannot go through a system and think, that didn't work. It didn't work. It's not going to work now. You cannot follow seven steps into your prosperity seven steps into success and stop trying to follow somebody else's success your life is your life i love listening to another person's testimony but stop saying lord you did it for them on this day i expect you to do it for me on this day that might not be the plan for your life you got to let the lord lead you the way he's leading you amen that's for somebody here but paul says it's not the words that had, he said, it's not that the words didn't have power, it's just that we couldn't do it without failing, right? Remember Paul says, is the law bad? And he says, no. It's not that the law was bad, we just couldn't do it. And secondly, the animal's blood temporarily covered us, and Christ covered it with his blood. He's freed us, and we don't have to behave like animals anymore. Say, so I don't have to behave like an animal anymore. Right? It was animal's blood for an animal. 
And I'm going to, hopefully, it's where that clock just ticks so fast. Maybe not for you sitting there, but for me speaking. You were behaving like an animal, so he used an animal's blood. When you became spirit, he took spirit blood. Come on, amen. We're not animals. That's why animal blood didn't work. You are not animal. You are spirit. There is flesh and there is spirit. And this is the point. That's why, and we're going to, uh, hopefully I'm going to get into it. Man, so I'm just going to say it right now. An animal, that's why you in the womb, you and an animal are the same. It's just an animal. It's just a thing. It's not a person yet. They're not breathing. Right? Just like an animal. In fact, we give more. We save the whales, kill the babies. Right? That's a great bumper sticker. Right? We spend millions of dollars to save. My father used to deal with this with New York State. Millions of dollars to save some turtle off of a highway. We had to, like, go around a swamp. It cost us millions because there was turtles living there. The same exact people just had their wife, you know, get an abortion because it wasn't convenient. They're going on vacation. It's just wild. And that's an, it's animal. It's selfish. It's self, it's self, it's self, it's self. It's an animal nature. And that's why they try to make you, you're just an animal. And that's what you get. You get animal, animal blood. We are not animal. We are spirit. So he said, Jesus uh, fulfilled all this, verse 4, because for those who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. And what I want to talk about here for these next minutes, it is not about choosing to sin or not to, as we've been saying. It is just about following the Holy Spirit. If you follow him, he will lead you. Have you noticed that you were not so perfect when you thought you were just five years ago? Amen? Are we confident in the Holy Spirit, though, that he told us to change then, didn't he? Five years ago, did he tell you to change some things? I hope so, if you're a believer. And he's telling me to change new things today that he didn't tell me five years ago, which means, did he judge me then? No. He loved me. God loved me there. Did he approve? No. But did he give me grace? Yes. But every single day, I just keep following him, and he keeps directing more and more and more and more from me. I'm not trying. He's just leading us. Amen. It says, those who are dominated by, you may know it as the flesh. The NLT calls it the sinful nature. I wrote in here the animal nature. Those who are dominated by the fleshly, animal, sinful nature think about sinful things, controlled by, but those controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And it goes on saying, if you let these things control you, verse 6 and into 7, you're going to have death, not life. That's where it goes. And it says your flesh could never obey even if it tried. You couldn't do it. You could never please God, verse 8. Verse 9 says we must be controlled by the Spirit. We're not. We are not. Now we're making a statement of faith. I'm not controlled by my sinful nature. I'm controlled by the Spirit. And that's where Paul said, when I sin, it's not me sinning. That's what that means. It does not mean you can get away with sin. It meant that when he did things that his Spirit didn't agree with, it's not even him. 
Amen. I don't think he was murdering. That's not what that means. It means that when his flesh kind of bucked off the path, it was not him. He was centered and following the Spirit of God. And it goes on and says, Christ was within us, and he died for us, and he gave, he raised our mortal bodies up. And verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. It is a lie from the enemy when you say, I can't help it. I can't help it. That's not what my word says. My word says you have no obligation. You can help it through the Holy Spirit. And you'd have to read all the way till verse 12 to really get this. You can't just pick this verse out and say, oh, I can do it because the word says I can do it. No, I can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what gives me, frees me from the obligation. Amen. It goes on and continues to say, you live by the flesh, you're going to die. But by the power of the Spirit, this is what it says. If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And then it talks about creation being under this curse, verse 20. And that's important for what I'm going to get into today and into next week. There was a curse that was put on creation. And it says, verse 21, creation's looking for the freedom that's coming. And verse 22, it's been groaning until this present time. And verse 23 says, And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Right? That is that release I'm talking about. We're not going to die. We're just going to be released from this body. Amen. So we're waiting for this hope. It's called the full rights, the adoption of, our, of us being the children of God, right? Our inheritance. This is what the word talks about. And verse 26, and this is the whole point of this chunk of scripture, it's the Holy Spirit who helps us do it. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us do it. I heard these tremendous testimonies of heroin addicts giving their life to the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to deliver them, and they went through the zero-step program and were delivered. Annie testifies of that. Cold turkey, right? We have another testimony. Cold turkey. Zero steps. It was hard on their body, but their spirit was broken free immediately. Amen. And even though there's steps right here, right? We know it's the Holy Spirit. You've attributed it to that. The steps are really just the walking out of what the Holy Spirit's already done in you, isn't it? To try to take him out of the equation doesn't make sense. And that means that no matter what we do, no matter what he's asked us to do, we must acknowledge it's not just the Holy Spirit to free us so that then we're free to what? Do whatever we want? He's freed us to put us on the path that he has for us. Amen. There is a path that God has for us. There is a life that he is ordaining for us. And I want to say this again, because it was the Holy Spirit that alluded to it, not me. I didn't even mean to go there. It is not sin that we're focused on. 
anything you do in your strength is a waste. I'm not saying it's a waste that God's going to judge you for, but you must realize that everything in this earth will be washed away. One day, the Bible says he will try us with fire. He's going to test our works. And whatever was done in our own strength or for our own glory, it will be burned up. But the gold, the silver, the precious stones will endure into eternity. Amen? That means that anything you do without the Holy Spirit leading is pointless. Now, does it mean that he's saying don't take a time, you know, out? of your busy day and relax and rest and do something leisurely. That's not what I'm trying to say, right? Nobody's getting that, right? I'm just saying that don't put your focuses and your purposes in your life into anything other than his leading because that's the rat race of this world, isn't it? We're all trying to achieve. And then do you ever just stop and think, like, what are we doing this for? Like, what does, what's the purpose? Like, do we ever just stop and think, is it just, you know, like, okay, I think it's for me, but is it really so I look better than my neighbor? Like, I want to look good, right? So I just want to look good. Do we really want to look good for us, or are we looking for other people? Because when no one's around and you just wake up and your, your pajamas doesn't matter, does it? So who do you really want to look good for? Well, I like to feel good. I'm not saying the Lord's judging you for getting ready to come to church. I just did the same thing today. I'm just saying, if we really want to be brutally honest, we wake up, and no one's around, doesn't matter what I look like, what I feel like. I'm just home. My wife always looks beautiful, though. She doesn't even put on makeup to come to church. Do you ever just stop and realize that we're in a rat race? And we're running, 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 doing, 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 going, going, going. For what? What? And the Holy Spirit wants to free us today. Amen. Well, for the next few minutes, I really want to get to what I wanted to get to. So we're going to come back to some other things. I want to say this. It says here in Romans 8, in verse 29. There's a lot more I could get into, and we'll get into it again another time. Hopefully next week, unless the Holy Spirit changes it. But it says this. He chose you and I. Everybody say, he chose us to become like Jesus, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And in the New King James, it says, to be conformed to the image of of his son. Amen. The Bible says we were called. Why? What was his purpose? To be conformed. You can pull up the, the New King James Version. It says to be conformed to the image. Everybody say to the image of his son. You were meant to reflect just as Jesus said, uh, if you see me, you have seen the Father. That's why Jesus got so kind of angry. Like, what do you mean you haven't seen God? You've seen me, right? If, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Remember, they're arguing with him. Moses is our, you know, Moses led us, and he's like, no. You're looking at, you, if you, 
And even his disciples were like, what do you mean? You haven't fully shown us. And he's like, what do you mean? I've been with you all this time. And the purpose was that he was reflecting the glory and the light of the Father on the earth just as, and it says, the firstborn of. What is a firstborn? What is it? What, what was he doing? What was his purpose? It was to bring seed like himself. You are here on the earth to look like Jesus. Now, everything else you do, good or bad, it's either irrelevant or it's opposing him. There's only really three categories, right? We either are doing it for him, it's just going to get wasted and burned up, or it's opposing him. That's it. So I want my focus to be on what brings him glory and looks like him. Amen. So I, I'm going to get more into this, but I want to preview into this. Uh, I want you to look with me in the book of Genesis, just for the next few minutes here. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1, verse 24. It says, Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry on the ground, wild animals. Everybody say, God made animals, and he made them wild. In verse 25, it says, God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind, and he saw it was good. So God made the animal kingdom and that's all it says. He made them, and they produced after their own kind. There's no extra information. It's just, here they are, and we just believe him, right? He didn't give us billions or trillions of years. I mean, when I was a kid, right, I think when you guys were kids, it was like three billion. Then when I was a kid, it was four. And last time I checked, I don't know, are we over five billion? I don't know, they just keep adding billions of years to evolution. Let's just add another trillion years. That'll help everybody believe. Just keep adding years. Eventually, they'd be like, well, I mean, I guess after a trillion years, maybe we would evolve. I didn't believe it after a billion, but now a trillion. Now I believe it. He made the animals. They produce. They can just keep producing. But then he says something special. Verse 26, he says, let us make human beings or let us make man. And in fact, the word is Adam. Adam just means man. Man means Adam. For the Hebrew language, let us make him in our image and in the New King James, in our likeness, and they will reign. And he's talking about over the fish, the birds, the livestock, all the animals. There's an animal kingdom, and then there's something special. There is something made in his image that will reign over the animal kingdom. Everybody say, the animal kingdom and the human kingdom. We were never meant to be animals. There was a separation. There was something special that he made for you and I. We are not an accident. We are not evolved. We are not an animal. You were made in the image of God. And if you weren't an animal, then you're calling God an animal. Because you, my word says that I was made in his image. And I don't believe that God is an animal. I believe that there are animals and there is man. And it says, 
Verse 27, and so God created human beings in his own image. Everybody say, in his image, in the image of God, he created them male and female. Now, is it a coincidence when we read in our Bible that God, right here, Genesis 1, we were made in his image. And then we go to Romans 8, right? 4,000 years later, Jesus is restoring back what God had intended all along, his image in the earth. Not to be animals. Now listen, because we don't have time, I'll get more into it. If I just had one more hour, I think we'd be okay. <laughs> Next week, exactly. Next week. But God made a separation between you and the rest of the earth. You are something special. And what happened is Adam and Eve acted like animals. And when you act like an animal, you get an animal's result. An animal, all that it does is it uses its nose and its eyes and its senses. It does not have within it the Spirit of God. And this is what we'll talk, that's what we're really going to get into next week, that you have the Spirit of God inside of you. It has a spirit because animals seem to show emotions, right? They even cry. I mean, they get happy. They're also jealous. They're angry. So animals are not just some, they're not a tree, okay? Trees did not evolve into animals and us into humans, all right? The same way that we're special. An animal is not just like anything, any other matter on the earth. That's ridiculous too. But an animal can only think about its impulses. I need to eat and I need to reproduce. That's basically all an animal's life is. Every single day, what am I going to eat? And I need to carry on my seed. Wow, that sounds just like the world, doesn't it? That's why Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat and drink and clothes and all these earthly things. Why are you worried about those things? That's what the world worries about. See, all an animal can think is I need to just, I need to think about me, or otherwise I'm going to die, and I need to bring more of me into this earth to carry on my name. And the Bible says that you and I, God put on the earth on purpose to not be led by their impulses and this is the last verse, because this is a preview into next week. In chapter 2, he says that we became living beings, but greater than just a living being, is that he said that he breathed life. He breathed the breath of life. We'll get into that. Into this shell. We are not just an animal led by instinct and impulse, Adam and Eve had the Holy Spirit. Adam and Eve had the Holy Spirit inside them. The only reason that they lost it was because of sin. Sin, and this is why we go to Romans 8, and we can tie it together. Sin 
is not just me doing, you know, obviously evil things. It is doing anything other than God's direction for our life. And all they were told is don't eat the fruit. That's it. Just don't eat that one tree. But it looks so good. I want it. It's so simple and yet so silly, and yet here we are, 6,000 years later, the human existence. You were never meant to be like this. You were meant to be led by the Spirit of God inside you, and he gave them the word. The word was, don't eat it. The Spirit of God in them said, don't do it. The animal nature said, I want it. And when you do an animal thing, you get an animal result, which is what? Viciousness. It's, right, doggy dog. It's death. That's what it brought. And you know what? The very first sin that it produces, come on, we, the animals produce after their kind. What did the animal produce? Adam and Eve decided, let's be like animals. Suddenly, right, we're just going to do what we want to do. And what did they produce? The very first sin outside of the Spirit of God was what? Was jealousy into murder, right? That's what it does. It produces. You become animal. That's where it goes. That's why Jesus takes us from Genesis. Connects it, we can connect it over to the New Testament. Jesus said, if you think it in your heart, I see it that you've done it. Once it has entered into your instincts and in your impulses, and this is, becomes your way of thinking versus letting the Holy Spirit lead. What's it do? It leads to death, leads to murder, leads to rage, leads to, leads to whatever the sin is, right, out, out there in the, in the world. The result will be it becoming because it started in here. And so we'll get into that next week, but praise God, you were made in his image God has given you the Holy Spirit, and you cannot do it on your own. We must be led by him, and uh, he'll unfold some more revelation in that. Wow, this is like uh, much deeper. I knew it was, but it's even deeper than I expected. Praise God, though. Amen. So I want you to listen to that again, if you could, before next week, like homework, because I believe the Lord's going to build on it even more. Amen. Just praise God. We just thank you and give you glory, Lord, that you are speaking your word is alive. It is not just words on a page, but you are the word. You are life here in this room. You are life in us. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're leading us. You're leading us. We are becoming, Lord, your word says, more and more and more like your image. We are becoming like you, reflecting your glory in the earth. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Praise you. Amen.